Hello, fantasy football nuts, and welcome to another edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in today's special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you never know what to expect. It could be DFS, it could be running, it could be golf, tennis, or another sport. So please subscribe and also check out the uh, podcast on Spotify and iTunes if you are one of if you're more on the audio podcast side than video podcast. So uh, joining us from Detroit is my buddy Chris Robin, or as he goes on uh, his Twitter handle Detroit BC. Uh, Chris is part of Bottom of the Barrel. So Chris, uh, just thinking, uh, who was the Bottom of the Barrel last week in DFS circles? Yeah, that's me. And I before I'll let you know now, but I want to tell you and everybody else that I'm going to get into the locking my keys in the car story uh, <laughs> before we get out of here uh, today. But last week, right, I had Trevor Lawrence, uh, who didn't do well. Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson were in bottom of the barrel. And both those kids uh, did very well. And then you look at the running backs. Uh, Javante Williams, Damian Harris. I had Jamal Williams in bottom of the barrel. And, and before we started to record, you told me that that Jay will in Detroit was part of like the million dollar, you know, Millie maker lineup. I don't, I don't think that I don't think Jamal was part of the millionaire lineup, but he would have made but both line running backs would have made a half decent lineup. Yeah, they were in the I believe they were both in the top five of overall scoring running backs from from week one. I saw the graphic this morning when I was having my my coffee here and another guy, man, grown man, Corey Davis. I had in my in bottom of the barrel. The Jets went to Carolina and Corey Davis had uh, had one heck of a game along with Devonta Smith, Philadelphia Eagles, young rookie wide receiver. He did very well for me, too. But there was some obvious misses here. You know, Russell Gage, uh, James Robinson made me look foolish. But uh, hey, that was week one. And when you come to DFS, that's the whole draw. You don't have to be married to the same team. So we're on to week two, Dylan. Yeah, look, I'm just pulling up the winning DK millionaire line. Wait, wait, hold on. Actually, yeah, this is the winning DK millionaire line from uh, last week. It's uh, Joe Burrow, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Cheetah, Depot Samuel, T. Higgins, Kelsey, Marvin Jones, and Arizona defense. Wow, who would have thought? I, I live and breathe this stuff, and I couldn't even fathom that lineup ahead of Locke. Who would have thought that? Arizona's defense. Joe Burrow is your quarterback, but whoever won that million, they did well. They, they had kind of had a Cincinnati Bengals stack with Burrow, Mixon, and T. Higgins in there. So uh, hats off to the million-dollar winner from last week. I'm just saying a 1.3% Arizona defense getting 16 points when everybody was using Atlanta last week. What a would have been the ultimate I, I'm getting the you know what away from that show. Yeah. What I saw this time last week, everybody and their mother was on the Denver Broncos DST. And then they could very well could have been a good play, but seeing all that on social media and on the websites and, and radio and, and talk shows, everybody is on Denver. I completely faded them for that simple point. If everybody's on them and you want to, you know, make any sort of money, you're going to have to go in another direction. So I faded the Broncos last week. I use quite a bit of Buffalo's defense. The problem with Buffalo and Denver's def defenses was that they were fine, but you but 
they didn't, but Buffalo and Denver really didn't get any points. And you need points, not just from your skill guys, but your defenses. <laughs> Sorry, kickers, you're not in DFS circles. No, everybody, when you talk about a DST for, for DFS or seasonal formats, everybody, if you went up to a random person on the street and asked them, they think it has everything to do with the opposing offense. Well, if my DST gives up all these touchdowns, then it's not going to be successful. But in DFS formats, that's not always the case. I look for, you know, teams that that sack the quarterback, that intercept the football, that are ball hawking, you know, passes defended. Those points add up. So you can live with a touchdown or two scored on your DST. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, you'd rather, yeah, you'd rather have a passing quarterback than a running quarterback on the other side. Because if you get a running team, it's just going to be a lot of hand off, run the ball, and you end up with four or five points. Your defense will end up with four or five points. But if you get a thrown quarterback or someone who takes sacks, throw a few, few up for grabs, you might have a better chance of winning. Absolutely. I know a lot of folks that uh, they're not into pocket passers in DFS because that the rushing yardage is so huge. So a guy like Kyler Murray or hopefully Trey Lance or Justin Fields, when they're anointed the quarterback one, they're always going to be trendy in DFS circles. So long gone are the days of, but you, you look at Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I mean, they're studs and they, 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 they offer limited to no rushing yards, but it, so it, it, it's all how you, you look at it as the, in the eye of the DFS beholder. Yeah, I mean, Jalen, like everybody plays Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts in catch because they've got that dual threat rush and pass and upside, but nobody wants to play. I mean, maybe not last week, but maybe not last week, but most players would be happy clicking Aaron Rodgers' name on a D, for a DFS team if they've got a good matchup. Now, we know what happened in Jacksonville, but but uh hopefully for DFS circles and uh <laughs> he might score a few points even against your lines on Monday, but we'll see how that fares. Yeah, he'll bounce back for sure. He's a he's a, a legend, he's a Hall of Famer. So now under week two, and now uh figuring out who the useful DFS games. Uh tell us how you distribute your bankroll each week. Well, that's a good question. I know a lot of folks that uh, have been playing on FanDuel, DraftKings, or other DFS formats for a long time, and they still don't know what contests to select. They still don't know how to manage their bankroll. It's all about DFS to me. It's all about assessing risk and seeing if you can spin things to your advantage here. So when you have a bankroll, you know, if you're going to play a lot of cash games, as we were talking about double ups, 50 fifties, you know, that's, that should be money in the bank. You can kind of count on that from a certain perspective. Whereas, and then if you, you can hedge your bets with some GPPs, cause those are basically Dylan, you know, GPPs, it's like a lotto ticket. You can go get a scratch. Yeah. You can go get a scratch off lottery ticket and hopefully you'll hit. So to me, your bankroll, everything you do to try and build it up and not throw it away, you're going to want to play those cash games, those smaller cash games, double ups, 50 fifties. And then if you're feeling froggy, you're feeling good about a lineup or two, enter that same lineup as you have in cash games into a single entry GPP and see what it'll get you. Yeah, I think the problem last week was there was so much bad chalk, and it seemed like everybody was playing some of those bad chalk, like 
Uh, Callaway from the Saints was popular. Uh, who was the uh, yeah, he was a fade for me because I knew I absolutely I talked about this live Sunday morning that with Callaway, you just knew that Green Bay, they have the the, the personnel to completely wipe him off the field. Jair Alexander was on him. You know, so you look at the game. Look who got all the targets and touchdowns. Juwan Johnson. Callaway was chalk and he completely bit it for us. Yeah, it was funny. Like it was funny, like. James Winston threw five touchdowns. I think Camaro called one. Like it wasn't Camaro's fault. This that it wasn't Camaro's fault that Green Bay's offense was in the skids. It, I mean, New Orleans bad. absolutely dominated the Packers in every single aspect. Out coach, out played, out scheme. They did. I mean, did the Packers forget the game was in Florida and not New Orleans? Must have been. You know what I find crazy here? And tell me if you agree. So that that nasty game that Green Bay played, you know, in Jacksonville playing the Saints, I think that's going to kind of disrupt ownership percentages for Green Bay this week. Normally, Green Bay is is it's green across the board. You want Aaron Rodgers, you want Jones, you want Devontae Adams. And I think on Monday night, if you're playing in a single entry, a lot of folks might kind of get off of Green Bay, especially if you play in the, you know, like a main slate or that Thursday through Monday slate. I think Green Bay's ownership percentages are going to be lower than normal. They'll still be high because it's the Lions here, but it, it might be a good time to, to get some Green Bay Packers in your lineup and see what it gets you. I hate to say it, but uh, Jeff Cooter's out for the year with a torn Achilles. Devontae Adams will eat on Monday night. Yes, that's He it. usually eats against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers is a different quarterback under Adam Lambeau. I think he'll be, I think he'll be at least somewhat competent. Yeah, I think you can you can set it in stone that Aaron Rodgers is going to have 300 passing yards and three touchdowns. I think that's the baseline for Monday Night Football against the Lions at home. But I mean, if but I mean, as we saw with the Lions last week, I mean, Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift, uh, who's who's Jamal Williams? That will be like Jamal Williams' revenge game. We talk about revenge games like Sam Donovan. Against the Jets, well, this is Jamal Williams' revenge game against his old mates. Yeah, absolutely, and and I love the idea that it's only been one week, but that the idea of being able to start both Lions running backs on a week to week basis that's music to my ears. The Lions rarely, I think, the last time they had a running back go over a thousand yards was like Reggie Bush in two thousand six or or two thousand and seven. Here, so in, in in fantasy football terms and in DFS terms. I love the idea of having Swift and Jamal Williams in my lineup together week to week. It's like having the Indianapolis backfield because last week, John and Taylor was a bum, but uh, who's the Naheem Hines was a PPO monster. I think he caught what eight passes. Something like that. Yeah, he had uh, seven or eight targets, and you're right, he caught. And see, so Naeem Hines is a guy where he's a little bit more uh, – you want him a little bit more on DraftKings because it's full-point PPR on DK, whereas in FanDuel, I think you told me, and I, I've looked at it too, on draft, FanDuel, it's a half point per reception here. So you lose a little bit of steam with Jamal uh, on certain formats, but either way you slice it, uh, give me Jamal Williams week to week. Yeah, give me all the pass catching running backs. So looking at this slate for so how so what kind of lineup, what kind of contents are you looking to enter? Well, I'm going to do uh, several single entry GPPs, right? This meaning, you know, I, I can uh, 
I ha- everybody has their uh, their a safe advantage here because if you're in Dylan, if you're in, you have 150 lineups in the GPP, and I only have 10. Well, right off the bat, the odds are not in my favor. So when it comes to those large field tournaments, I love single entries because then I can kind of you know build and morph my lineup into something I think is is different than the rest. And look, everybody's got one entry, so it's all it's an even playing field. But I love playing in those those three to 10 man contests where it's just me and all I have to do is beat two other people, or it's me. And all I have to do is beat four other people here. I feel like I have an advantage in those kind of, those kind of entries. Yeah. Because instead, because instead of being like 5 million, like 5 million contests or million entries, you only have to be two. And theoretically, yeah, yeah, you might only win three or four bucks, but you've got a better chance of winning that than you would a million bucks. Absolutely. And it's kind of in a way, I know just like anything in life, you know, there's a little bit of ego in there. There's a little bit of confidence in there. And if you're, you, you, if you played like crap in week one, you didn't win much, what better way to kind of boost your ego than to play in some smaller cash games and hit it out of the park. And then bam, you're back on the horse all as well. And here we are. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I mean, I played, 40 plus GPP entries and be honest, none of them really did much for me last week. I was thinking like, why did I play that many GPP entries? I'm like, oh gosh, I am a moron. It was week one. It was the excitement. I know. Right? It's so the a lot of people threw, threw money out there and see what stuck. It's a testosterone of not having football for it. For seven months. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at that. I knew, I know week one through week three, it's it's going to be that way. A lot of watered down contests because everybody under the sun wants to get in on the action. So, you know, the first three weeks of the, of the season, I play lighter than normal. And then week four, week five come around, I'm off and running in terms of the money I'm putting in personally. So, obviously, for FanDuel, the line, the the uh, not just the line of construction, but the price is a little different than uh, DraftKings. So just give me a random, just give me a random play and let me and tell me what his price is for Fandu, and I'll tell you what his price tag is for a DK. All right. Well, I love Kirk Cousins uh, on Sunday. Minnesota goes to Arizona. Arizona is 29th overall against opposing quarterbacks. And on FanDuel, Kirk is 7,400 bucks. 6,200 on DK. It's a good move. And then he's, uh, I also include Yahoo has a DFS kind of thing and he's 30 bucks on Yahoo. So in this game, uh, really quick, the what was I telling you The Minnesota at Arizona over under is 51 points. I have the final at like 31 to 27 in favor of Arizona. So Kirk at those price tags could pay off big time, 300 yards, a couple touchdowns there. And, and we're good to go with that price. And and you look at it. I mean, yeah, Arizona put up 30, 38 points last week, but, and we were all impressed with Arizona's defense against Tennessee but now they're facing Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and I think a potential steal this weekend, uh, K.J. Osborne. I think K.J. Osborne could be, could be the sneaky play this week. 3,300 DK. I don't know what his fan duel value is, but 
he might be that one guy who could get you a little different lineup. And plus, if you want to play a Kylo, if you want to play a Kylo or a custom stack, you could credit. Not, he is a chief of value when he walks in most lineups. Yeah, and one guy I love in this game, really under the radar, he's in bottom of the barrel, and that's Tyler Conklin, the Minnesota Vikings tight end. Uh, we, If you've ever played fantasy football or DFS, you know that Arizona has long been awful against tight ends, and Conklin is 5000 bucks on FanDuel. He's only $3,200 on DraftKings. I think Conklin finds the end zone this weekend, and I, I don't even think that's, that's odd to say. He's not going to catch 10 passes. He's not going to put up 100 yards but I'd be cool with two or three receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown at his price tag. That's you're looking at what three, four times the value. Yeah. I mean, we all love the cheap tight end, especially because this week, the prices for some of these tight ends are outrageous. Like Dan Wall is 7,600. Yeah. Stephanie's on FanDuel, he's 7,000. Yeah. Woo! I mean, Especially with half point PPL, I think I'd rather go. I think I'd rather just pay down a tight end. Yeah, I've always I always punt tight end. That's just something I got going with me. Even in seasonal formats, I always like to punt the position. And when it comes to DFS, I always punt the position too. So you know, the idea of getting right like Tyler Croft or Jack Doyle, even uh, Farrell Brown, the Houston Texans tight end, they're all. 4,500, 4,600, and they're, they're like $2,900 on DraftKings. That's where I go. I mean, it's cheap. And, and if they put up a goose egg, 0.0, it didn't cost you much, and it's not going to really hurt your lineup. But if any one of them scores a touchdown, you're looking at massive value for next to nothing in price. Uh, here's an interesting question. We talk about the expensive running backs for DK and FanDuel. How expensive is Christian McCaffrey? Because he's ninety nine hundred on DK. What is his price tag on FanDuel? Is it eleven, twelve? It's an even ten thousand dollars. And again, Ooh. Carolina's playing New Orleans. New Orleans is fifteenth overall against opposing running backs. But you can throw all that nonsense out. Christian McCaffrey is matchup proof. It doesn't matter. And the only the only problem with CMC from start to finish is his high price tag. Because at, at ten thousand bucks on FanDuel and ninety nine hundred dollars on DraftKings, you need as a, as the bare minimum, you need a hundred yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. Like last week, Christian McCaffrey was 13 yards of a double hundred yard bonus. Yeah, he's he's so good. And, he, you know, he's going to see just a ton of targets and touches probably week to week, you know, 20 combined right between carries and, and receptions and targets. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is he's not a fade for me every week, but the certain weeks he has just given his price tag. Yeah, so which guys, so in your three-man lineups, which guys are you making sure you're getting in your lineups this weekend or trying to get in your lineups? Well, to me, it's It's going to be, let me bring my what I have up in terms of my, my optimizer here, but I believe that Delvin Cook is very much in play uh, this weekend. As I said, Minnesota goes to Arizona. Cook is $9,200 on FanDuel, and the matchup is just too sweet. Or we go to the Chargers where Dallas comes in town. Ezekiel Elliott, he's playing the, the 28th ranked 
you know, opposing defense against running backs and he's $7,500 on FanDuel. And that's very cheap for Zeke Elliott. But if you look at what happened on Thursday, you know, opening, opening night of the, the season here, Zeke Elliott was flat. He didn't look well. I think a lot of folks are going to, to fade Zeke Elliott and there's a chance for us to, to get over on people and two more guys really quick. Derek Henry, Tennessee goes to Seattle. He's 8,000 bucks on FanDuel and Seattle is 31st overall against opposing running backs. I could see a case where Derrick Henry has one of his patented 200 plus yard rushing games with several uh, touchdowns here. And then even Jonathan Taylor bounce back game for the kid playing the Rams or hosting the Rams. He's only $7,200 on FanDuel and the Rams right now, they're 32nd overall against opposing running backs. So it's sweet, very plum matchups this weekend for Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Zeke Elliott and Delvin Cook. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott told me, I think he's 6,200 on DK. I'm like, I don't remember Ezekiel Elliott ever being that cheap. I think you no. muted. I think yeah. you accidentally muted yourself. I was, yeah, and I'm with you. Uh, Zeke Elliott is $6,200 on DraftKings, and that's that's about as cheap as we're ever going to see him. You know, if, if he breaks out, I don't want to say break out, but if he has his, you know, his special Zeke Elliott game where he has, you know, 120 yards on the ground, he's got 75 yards in the air and he finds the end zone twice. Well, his price has nowhere to go, but up. I don't think Zeke Elliott's price stays this low for the remainder of the season. Yeah. The mean, the most interesting running back play for week two is that Nick Chubb because Cleveland's a 12 point favorite over Houston. We know the Browns want to run the ball. I mean, yeah, the 70, what is it, $7,800 price tag may scare some folks, but I think Nick Chubb's a fairly safe play. And uh, yeah, true, his lack of PPO upside may hurt, but I think Nick Chubb could find the end zone a couple of times. I mean, look what he did against the Chiefs last week. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Chubb is always in play. And let me bring up, I have uh, projections for week two. And let me bring them up here because on, on FanDuel, uh, Nick Chubb is, uh, drum roll, 8,400 bucks playing Houston. And look, people people aren't scared of the Houston Texans. They had a fantastic game last week, but I think that uh, Cleveland absolutely steamrolls that. And I have Chubb for about 17 or 18 carries. Uh, 90 yards, pretty standard here. And yeah, I think he'll find the end zone once or twice. And surprisingly, I have Chubb for about two or three receptions, about 20 yards on the ground here. So not looking for a crazy game in the air, but Nick Chubb is going to see a ton of work against the Houston Texans. And plus, everybody's looking at Houston's offense, but they will play in the Jacksonville Jackal, Jackals and uh, Houston really dominated the game on the ground. It's going to be a little different against the Browns' massive offensive line. Correct. And I, I think that Jacksonville game, that was like a punch in the gut for a lot of us DFS fans. We thought, you know, oh, any gosh. and all Jacksonville Jaguars were a full go. And to be honest with you, I think it's their head coach. Urban Meyer is holding them back. I the first game as a professional head coach, and he's already looked silly. He already was out coached and by an awful Houston Texans team who folks said would be lucky if Houston wins two games all season. And in turn, they, they won in a blowout fashion in week one. I think the problem in Jacksonville is not so much the players as it is their head coach. Uh, lucky. <laughs> Are we going to get in an argument now? Because I am a huge Jacksonville Jaguar fan and uh, Urban Meyer was not responsible for 
that week one debacle. The I would say the lack of talent of the on the team was more responsible than he was. I mean, be honest, Jacksonville was – it didn't matter if Vince Lombardi won on the other side. The Jack was going to lose that game. Well, did, to be did, I, did you on see, paper. Did you see the Jaguar defense? I mean, they made Tyrod Taylor and Brandon Cooks look like Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they made them look like all pros. But you know what? You should be, in a way, you should be a little bit, you know, excited. Trevor Lawrence is the golden boy, first overall pick. You got some stud wide receivers, Visca, Marvin Jones, DJ Shark. And I'm a big James Robinson fan. And I think this offense could could get together and start humming at except, some point. Except last week when he except last week when James Robinson calls people money. Yeah, what can you do? But you know what? James Robinson, he was uh he was chalk in week one right and his price tag wasn't that wasn't insane right it was it was a good thing here but come on they they gave him they gave him only five carries that's insane james robinson if you look at his his usage last year he was responsible for like 84 percent of the offensive snaps at running back and you give the guy five carries i mean he should have seen you know double digit carries and i think it would have been a little bit of a different story not from a total game outcome but from a from a personal dfs perspective with james robinson five carries in week one that's uh that's not good well, what happens when you get down early? You can't run the ball. Very true, but James Robinson can catch the ball as well. That's everybody buried J. Rob once they drafted ETN. We know ETN is out for the season with the Liz Frank uh, foot injury, but uh, James Robinson needs more work than just five carries and three receptions. So total, he was under ten total targets and, and touches. That's that's not good. Oh yeah, and not only gets all the face in the Bronco defense. When the more you feed the kid, from what I saw last season, the more you feed this kid, the more he gets going. So you can't expect a, 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 your starting running back to get five carries and, and put together something special. A lot of running backs, especially young kids like J-Rob, they need to get in some sort of rhythm. And the more more carries you give them, the more they'll start to, to warm up and come around. So uh, what kind of, so uh, how are you building your wide receivers? Are you going more expensive or going like a mix of expensive middling and cheap guys? Well, this week, you know, this week specifically, I love the idea of middle, you know, mid tier to, to lower end pricing, like a guy like Chase Claypool, 5,900 bucks on FanDuel, $5,600 on DraftKings, Mike Williams for the Chargers, $5,600 on FanDuel, $6,100 on DraftKings, Devonta Smith again, Philadelphia Eagles rookie wide receiver, $5,600 on FanDuel, $5,400 on DraftKings. And when you look at the top of the wide receiver list, Diggs, $7,500, Justin Jefferson, $7,300, Cooper, $7,300. 7,800 CD lamb, 6,800 bucks. So you'll, if you look at the wide receivers this week, I think it would be better to spend up at running back. And then you use the mid tier to lower end wide receivers this week. Yeah. I mean, it seems, yeah, especially because a couple of the top guys aren't playing uh, cheaters playing on Sunday night. Devontae Adams is playing on Monday night. See. Now, one guy that's one guy who intrigues me this week is Mike Evans because if you look at it, I think he was the only wide receiver who didn't make really much of an impact in that opening Thursday night game. He gets not a good matchup against the Falcons, a fantastic matchup. Fantastic is right. 
Yeah, Mike Evans is, uh, yeah, they're playing Atlanta. Right now, Atlanta's 13th overall against wide receivers. That's going to change quick. The Atlanta Falcons are not good. He's only $6,700 on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, Evan is $6,100. Yeah, and we know, and we know Tom, and we know Evans is a little streaky. This might be the week where you play him. I mean, maybe a little risky thinking, is this the Godwin week? Is this the A-B week? But I think I think Mike Evans might have a few coming his way. Yeah, they got uh, Chris Godwin going big time uh, on Thursday. So it's just one of those things. You can kind of set your watch by this stuff, right? Even in, in Minnesota, where one week it'll be Jefferson, one week it'll be Thielen, and it's going to be easy in your face which week to use these guys. And I'm telling you, week two, going to be a big Mike Evans game. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, with all these running backs, wide receivers, and even quarterbacks, because, I mean, do you even think about stacking some of these teams? Because to me, the 4 o'clock games look more interesting than the 1 o'clock games. I mean, with Tennessee, Seattle, Dallas, L.A., Minnesota, Arizona, heck, even Atlanta, Tampa look like they're more interesting than any 1 o'clock game from a DFS standpoint. Absolutely. Of my favorite stack in week two is it's part of the one o'clock games. It's the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, as we were saying, and then Brandon Cooks too, throwing the, the third, fourth guy from the opposite team. But during the same game here, I think that four man stack could be fireworks. But in the games that you mentioned, Tam, look no further than Tampa Bay. I'm going to stack Tom Brady. I'm going to stack Godwin and Mike Evans. And also, I love the idea of getting Russell Gage in on that same stack. This one has an over under 52 points, only second behind. Uh, actually third behind Kansas City, Buffalo, or Kansas City, Baltimore, and then behind Dallas Chargers and Tennessee at Seattle. So to me, everybody on earth is going to be on Tampa Bay. So you got to make sure you, you, you know, you're picking and choosing when to use them. Yeah, don't forget Calvin Ridley too. Absolutely, but he's going to be massive chalk. Kelvin Ridley on FanDuel, I know, is uh, $7,700 against Tampa Bay, which is okay. I think at a certain moment in time, Tampa Bay, this defense is going to click, and they're going to be insane like they were last season. And you know, much like with anything you do, when you wake up early in the morning, it takes you more, you know, get, get going. I think football is the same way. Week one and week two, they're kind of figuring it out, and Tampa Bay is going to gel here soon on defense. Now, here's one other thing. Tampa's, Tampa went into that game and banged them secondary and lost the key corner through 10 days off. But, you know, even the Falcons get behind, they throw the ball, really could get a bunch of garbage time. Well, who cares if it's garbage time? Well, it still counts. Yeah, garbage time still counts in, in, in DFS formats. Who cares? I have Calvin Ridley for about 10 targets. He's going to catch the ball seven or eight times, about 90 yards and a touchdown. So you're looking at like seven receptions, 100 yards and a touchdown for Ridley uh, on Sunday. And at his price tag, 7700 bucks. that would be perfect for a value standpoint. Is there any bad chalk this week? 
Well, uh, yeah, there, there always is bad chalk on, on certain weeks. And to me, the bad chalk this week would probably be, you know, Russell Wilson in Tennessee. I don't know um, if, it, you know, we always say let Russ cook and let him do his thing. But I just have a feeling that Tennessee is going to come out on fire, really bummed out and embarrassed what happened in week one. It's going to give me a steady dose of Derrick Henry. Therefore, Russ Wilson isn't on the field as much as we'd like here. So to me, uh, Russell Wilson, $8,500 on FanDuel wouldn't be my first choice. And then you look down the list. Uh, I, I don't see a case where we absolutely need uh, Chris Carson in our lineups. I would say Chris Carson is chalk because he's in the, the top tier of, of the prices. As we said, CMC 10 grand Christian or yeah, Chris Carson is only 6,700 bucks, but I think he's going to be talked about as chalk. Same thing with Eckler, same thing with, with Zeke Elliott. But to me, the bad chalk this weekend is all in the wide receivers. As I said, my plan is to, to spend down, at wide receiver. So I might fade uh, Jefferson. I might fade Cooper might fade DK Metcalf and we'll see what we get in favor of the, the mid to lower tier wide receivers. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens because there'll be good chalk some weeks and then bad chalk. You, never, you, you hope you're on the right side of the chalk and not the oh crap side as some people found out last week. Absolutely. It's all about your own personal process. If you, if you can understand that these guys are chalk and who's good and who's bad, that all starts with the foundation of building your lineups week to week. Yeah. And then hope, and then hope you, you guys sit and then otherwise uh, you're going to be thinking, ah, shoot, why did I play this guy? Why did I play this guy? That's it. And it'll sink your lineup. You spend up, you spend big bucks on a wide receiver or a running back and they do nothing. Well, you're at a disadvantage big time so thanks for hopping thanks for hopping on and uh, we wish your dfs lineups and uh, more importantly your detroit lions well as they uh, face the green bay packers on monday night thank you my friend i appreciate you having me on glad you let me reschedule after locking my keys in the car and i didn't get home until way after we were supposed to get together but i'm glad you had me back on and i made it right so thank you dylan